Welcome back to This Clerkship Life. For these next two episodes, I wanted to share some podcasts that were recorded by Andrew Carter and I weeks before Clerkship started in the midst of COVID hysteria. I thought I had initially lost them when my hard drive died, but uh, fortunately was able to retrieve them. This episode is geared towards pre-clerks and new medical students. Instead of uh, Pearls of Wisdom session that we sometimes run at Queen's, we decided to reflect on what lessons we learned, coping strategies that worked, and explore the realities of truly struggling and hitting walls, which is an element that we don't showcase much as medical students, but it is an intrinsic part of the medical student experience. Um, first years that are coming in, it's a very difficult time that they're coming into med school, and mm. I, can, I can only imagine the anxieties that they feel because uh, I felt in, in quote-unquote perfect conditions that I didn't really had the huge level of imposter syndrome and I felt like I, mm. I almost didn't deserve what was given to me in the, what, when I got in, although that's really all I thought about <laughs> before getting in. Sure. Um, I kind of, uh, I guess I'll, it's an anecdote, a personal anecdote, but like for me, what was, what did me a huge disservice in first year was to think of myself as a type of student or to start creating an image of myself 10, 15 years down the line and then trying to like connect myself to that image. Like when, um, it's a better way to say this. You basically, you get into med school and you think that's the, the finish line. And kind of the first thing you're told is, uh, you're not even close <laughs> and you kind of knew like for me I kind of knew that but you're you're reminded of it and then when you really think about the years in the future uh, I I got in at 26 right I, yeah so I, was, I was already super old right I'm already my bones hurt you're I've got, I've got dude, you're I've got old. No, oh. all I'm saying is I've got arthritic pain as I'm saying okay you know my back hurts yeah. you know from doing from doing what nothing <laughs> sitting down you yeah. know um, whatever. So I felt like I was already a little behind because there's so many students who are brilliant, they're young and whatever. Um, I started thinking about like, oh my goodness, like if I want this specialty, I'm going to be 35 and I'm going to be this person. I started creating these images of myself. Um, and so you get in and then people, the next step is like, oh, what specialty are you interested in? And it feels like there's this instant pressure uh, of like, what do you want to do? If it's competitive, you you have to start now. Mm. So it's like you're getting multiple messages. You're getting one that's saying like, enjoy this process. It's going to be an amazing experience. Just really soak it all in. And then the other one is saying like, hey, but if you want this and you want this to be your future, you got to start doing uh, projects. And you start got you got to start doing X, Y, and Z. And it's mm. um, it's difficult because you think that you have a lot less time than you really do. And if I was to go back, I would have loved um, for someone to convince me of the importance of taking a step back, even though you just got in and this road is starting and this, it's this long haul and you really wanna jump right in. You really just wanna be that person already. Um, it's important to step back and to, to appreciate that you got here. Like the, the class of 2024, I, I, I feel like uh, they kind of got gypped in this whole thing and that they didn't get the uh, quote-unquote real interview and they didn't get a quote-unquote real orientation week and that like it's, it's, it's not the picture that was painted for them. Mm. And 
I really want them to know that it's 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 really special what they've done, and, and to take a step back and to uh, appreciate this is a huge milestone, and, and, and their their value is so much more than than an arbitrary idea of what they'll be in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so not to think of yourself as the cardiologist or the surgeon or the psychiatrist or the family doctor, um, because you realize that you start to value people based off of that. You start to paint pictures of someone as, oh, well, there's, uh, I don't know, Josh, he's a, he's a surgery person. And then before you know it, the conversations turn into, he's a surgery gunner. And this is the term that I like hate right. the most. I hate it because it's like that person maybe has an idea of themselves as a surgeon, but what if they went and did a psychiatry rotation and were the most stimulated they've ever been? And suddenly now they've built this idea of themselves as the, the, the uh, surgery person. Mm-hmm. And there suddenly becomes this social pressure because you, you put this out there. Hey, I'm Nabil, I'm interested in surgery. Mm-hmm. And then I start to be interested in family med and, and the psychiatry which historically, and I guess even now, are seen as like lower quote-unquote specialties. Mm-hmm. And if I was to then switch my, I, I worry about like, oh, my friend group might think differently of me. Am I, am I not dedicated enough? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important to step back, to appreciate the values that, 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 that got you here, the, uh, and develop uh, an appreciation of who you, who you are and your place in this medical world and regardless of who you are is fundamentally very important mm-hmm. and so much more important than this like abstract idea of uh, oh I'm this person I'm that person um, allow it to come from within allow yourself to to, to reflect mm-hmm. you know I wish that it didn't take COVID for me to, mm-hmm. to develop that skill because I went through two years of um kind of associating myself with an idea of, mm-hmm. of, in my case, being a cardiologist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it didn't do me any good because uh, I also missed out on conversations with people who were interested in different things mm-hmm. uh, that, that ended up being some of my best friends and being some of the most uh, important people in my life. You know? yeah. um, and I was just wondering if you guys if you were to give some sort of advice, because it is, it's hard for us to appreciate the scenario they're in. Mm. Uh, I can only imagine going into med school in, in this uh, environment, but if you were to give them a piece of advice from your experience, what, what would that be? Mm. Do you want to go? I can go. You can go first. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, like, I, I partly feel fortunate because my roommate is a 2024. So I, I've been able to kind of see and and have a slightly kind of focused um, first kind of person perspective, and it's tough. I think everything you said is is spot on. That it's it's an abbreviated experience. It's 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 a different experience, and it's certainly a welcome to Queens that they were kind of promised a bit more. Yeah. And so and so I think like calling it gypped is can can feel fair because every experience is going to be unique, but but it's tough when expectation doesn't quite meet the reality of, 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 of what you would come here hoping it would be like. So I, I, I totally agree with that. I think like thinking about it, one thing that I always say, and I, and I hope this is a lot, like this is a advice that can be applied broadly. I, I think it can, but is about the idea of rooting your identity in non-medicine things. Yeah. Um, it's huge. 
and I just think that's that's unilaterally a good idea. It's mm-hmm. it, no harm can come from it. There's 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 so much value to taking on all that medicine has to offer. Um, we're so lucky to be where we are. There's so many kind of perks and positive things of every aspect of our of our training. But I find maybe it's my proclivity to like loving stability and loving kind of not riding the ebbs and flows of the roller coaster that life offers but but I've found a lot of peace and and happiness and like success in rooting myself in all the things that I was before and and like I think so many students struggle because they want often we don't root ourselves in like I'm a medical student it's often as you said like I want to be a cardiologist or like you root yourself in that specialty decision but a specialty choice is such a challenging decision like you're weighing all of these things you're trying to understand yourself in this new space you don't really know what you're like in a clinical environment but you're asked to make a decision about how you want to work clinically for the rest of your life and so like I find from the outside looking and I see classmates of ours and, and certainly we've all experienced similar aspects of it of, of, of struggling with our identity because we want to root it in psychiatry we want to root it in family medicine or pediatrics or whatever it is and until you have that you feel like you're you're lost yeah, or empty and, maybe and, and like I know like when I came in I I just didn't like the idea of having to like like the kind of ride the ebbs and flows of the roller coasters of not having an identity so I just said pediatric neurology like if anybody asked me I said the most niche thing that like no one could have a follow-up question for <laughs> and yeah. like the kind of like social leave me alone like yeah like I'll, I would love to hear about kind of I'll have a conversation with you but I mean like let's not like psychoanalyze me right. um yeah. and so and like that was kind of, of of my approach but I guess all this is to say that I I think it takes courage to root yourself in things outside of medicine. It's not, it's harder. Yeah. It's easier to kind of do what I was implying that I did is I just kind of chose something and whatever. It kind of pushed the decision away. I didn't have to approach it. Um, but I would encourage first-year students to, to kind of sit in that discomfort of not exactly knowing what's going to happen, of, of, of doing the active process of rooting yourself in things outside of medicine, the things that are going to be there to ground you when the ebbs and flows and the roller coasters of, 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 of medicine come, because they certainly will, yeah. because life happens, but also because medical school is a unique experience. So, um, so broadly speaking, I, I, think, I think investing in, like nurturing the relationships that are outside of medicine have always worked for me, and I think finding those things that are there for you, whatever they are, yeah. it, can be, it can be music, it can be literally anything, but just really investing in those things and realizing that it's an active process to nurture the things that, that are going to ground you, um, and that having your identity rooted in medicine isn't as great or as attractive as one might think and can get you in trouble sometimes. Um, so allow it to be a part of who you are and one you, you're extremely proud of, um, but don't get caught up too much in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like that, the idea of like, it's not, even though it's amazing and it's great and it's something to be proud of, it's not who you are. It'll never be who you are. Mm-hmm. Like from, it isn't who you are in your core. Like mm-hmm. in your, your essence isn't that. It's much more nuanced and it's much more... I think it's much more meaningful to for it to come from within, you know, and 
I, I really wish I had done that. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it took me doing the class skit mm-hmm. to remember that like I love videography and although I kind of suck at it, I love it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it just messing around on Final Cut and I like had so much fun doing it. Yeah. So I guess like my advice to first years, like I tweeted about it as well, is to make a sunshine folder where you sort of just put things mainly for me it was related to medicine that like were sort of affirmations about my place in medicine and that like were just positive things so like when i got my acceptance letter i put my acceptance letter into the sunshine folder um i actually put one of dr gibson's first year emails before our first exams about like how people like might fail or like med school is difficult and stuff i put it in there like really positive emails from preceptors and stuff i put it in there like when I made a Facebook post about me going to Queen's Medicine and seeing all the support from my friends and family, like I put it in there. So like whenever I feel down, that's the place that I will go to um, for like support, I guess, and to like sort of right the ship a little bit. Mm. Um, and it's definitely more of like a CBT exercise for me where it's like I have this certain cognitive distortion and especially in second year when things got like I think more difficult and the transition was hard where I was like, okay, maybe I'm not fit for medicine. Like maybe I don't belong here and I never did. Right. That like, I could sometimes go back to that and be like, wow, I do deserve to be here. And these are all the affirmations for that. Um, And I think a large part of that stems from like how I got into medicine. So like I applied in fourth year and didn't get any interviews and didn't get in. And then I took a year off and I was working as like a research assistant and working retail jobs and what have you. Um, And then I reapplied. And then, um, so I didn't get any interviews technically. I didn't know that Queens even had like a wait list for interviews. So this was a week before the first interview weekend. I get a call and they were like, oh, do you want to be interviewed at Queens? And I was like, yes. (laughs) Like, is that even a question? Has anybody ever said no to that? Maybe. Like, I guess like somebody's schedule didn't match up for their interview weekend, so they couldn't make it. And I know know that there was a lot of conflict around like interviews. Like I think a couple other schools had the same dates as Queens. So people maybe like ended up dropping out last minute. So this was literally like seven or six days before the interview. So I was like scrambling to prepare because I hadn't prepared. I was like, I didn't get any interviews. So what am I preparing for? Um, So I was preparing with like my best friend, um, Steven, who's a teacher, so not in the medical field, and then my, uh, my other friend, Joey, who was also in Con Ed, so also a teacher. Um, just because I was like, these people sort of ground me and they give a very different perspective and they'll like show me where my blind spots are when I'm answering these like medical-related MMI questions, right? Yeah. So it's a very cool process, but I was like so, so nervous. Um, and then... Thankfully, my friend Naveen, who's in fourth year, was also in Mackin, where we like got to know each other. I stayed with him for interview weekend, and he like really reassured me and stuff like that. Um, and then interviews happened, whatever. So at the end, I ended up being waitlisted in whenever it came out in May, and then I probably got in after like the second wave of waitlist people that were accepted. So I felt like for one, I didn't even deserve an interview, and then two, I just like barely made it by the skin of my teeth like through the waitlist in in June or what have you so I think like coming in I had this like chip on my shoulder being like I don't know if I deserve to be here I barely squeeze by like am I gonna survive and then like as things progressed like I guess academically it wasn't a huge challenge for me the transition from like 
undergrad or from my year off to first year. And I know that that can be a challenge for a lot of people. Um, but because of my kin background, like anatomy and physiology was like pretty fine. All the other things I was like sort of okay with. And I got by first year and I did like absolutely fine by all measures. And I was having a good time. But then like when second year rolls around and you know, like second year, it's just like a second gear, you know, yeah. like the content is just so much harder. It feels like there's more. And I think that's when a lot of people start feeling like bogged down and start questioning, like, do I believe that I deserve to be here? And that was definitely for me as well. And that sunshine holder sometimes like just really helped with that. And just being like, okay, you feel this way, but look at all this evidence that tells you otherwise, right? Yeah. Um, so I found that to be extremely helpful personally. And I think it'll be like very fond memories as I continue to like fill up that folder and like go through, I don't know, like the CARMS process and like residency to look back and be like, wow, like look how far we've come. Yeah. You know, so definitely make yourself a sunshine folder at some point. It's never too late. I love that idea. Yeah. That's amazing because yeah, like the... I might actually make one myself because it's it's easy to if you're kind of comparing it to CBT, it's like it's easy for your emotions over time to start to bleed into your behaviors, and there's this very fine tuning that has to happen. Mm -hmm. It's like it's nice to have a, a folder, some place you can go to, to say like, here was my win, you know, here was mm -hmm. here was a moment, and it and it does kind of bring you back to a, you know that feeling that you had in the moment, which was. Hey, I deserve to be here, mm -hmm. and all the things that make me uniquely who I am were super effective here, and I, I was mm -hmm. actually able to do something I'm really proud of. Yeah, and I love that idea because mm -hmm. th there will be emotional ebbs and flows, and and um, there will be so many times where you'll hit a wall, or you'll make a mistake, or you'll your knowledge will come short you're not prepared for a situation or there's other stuff going on in your life where it'll feel like a failure. It'll feel like your, uh, you just, your negative emotions are so much easier uh, carried out in your brain, at least mm -hmm. in mine. Like it's like, I can think of my failures and at the snap of a finger, I can bring up like a hundred times I messed up, mm -hmm. but, uh, it's just holding on to one or two wins. Even it, it helps you weather that storm. Yeah. And it's kind of, part of it I feel like mm -hmm. is, is this whole idea of like you hit a wall and then you're you're able to go to go back and reflect on on the idea of like hey although I kind of didn't perform how I wanted to here maybe maybe the test didn't come back with the grade I wanted or I'm struggling a little more than I expected mm -hmm. um, I, I have a I have a very important role here mm -hmm. I really love that. And mm -hmm. it's concrete evidence, right? I think like a lot of times when we're feeling down, we might go to our friends and then they'll be like, oh no, you're so great. Or you're like, you're so smart. And then it's, mm -hmm. it's still hard to believe because you're like, oh, you're just saying that because you're my friend. Mm -hmm. But when you have this collection of things that are very concrete, like your acceptance letter, like, like positive reinforcement from preceptors that you've worked with, it's, it's evidence. Yeah. And you can really start to believe in that, right? Yeah. Um, and which is the most important part. Mm -hmm. And we, and we so rarely take pause. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think people often struggle to kind of take pause. And, yeah. and I think things that make it easier to kind of, like, nudge yourself to, mm -hmm. to, to know, well, you know what, I, I know where to go. Like, I, I know I have a folder. I, I know that's kind of set aside. So, mm -hmm. so you kind of tricking yourself into making it easy to take pause. And, and taking a step back for a positive thing is, is, mm -hmm. is huge. Yeah. And yeah. just, like, yeah, sometimes just revisiting, like, 
even figuring out or finding out that you got accepted like that joy you felt at that moment is just like mm. I feel like I could be so down and then I just go back to that moment and I can remember exactly where I was I was at like a Starbucks doing work and I just like jumped out of my seat and ran outside and like called my family right and like just remembering that joy just like mm. no matter how down I feel that brings at least a little bit of light mm. to it you know and and yeah. like that person that day like that Andrew would be so proud of you yeah. now. Yeah. So. Like, like it's a, it's a guarantee and, and yeah. kind of reconceptualizing that a little bit and showing yourself that context and, and being where we're so often not patient or kind with ourselves the same way we are or to other people. But that, mm -hmm. that, that version of yourself would be over the moon. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, for who you've become and how hard you've worked and all those things. So, yeah. so it's, it's, it's worthy of taking the time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now, now that you brought it up, I had a version of this where like my, I was very uh, non-traditional the way I got into medicine and you know, my first two years at Mac, I mean, I nearly failed out in first year and I hit this huge wall. I felt like everyone had this, um, blueprint that I wasn't privy to, you know, everyone kind of got it and I didn't. And I feel like it's like the human condition. We, we all have uh, these saboteurs in our brain um, that are telling us like, oh, no, you're not like the, the self image. It's like, you're, you got lucky. You didn't, whatever you, the, the most recent negative information is so easily accessible. Mm -hmm. And I had a version of that where I had a little folder of like, when I took a break from, from undergrad and came back to it, my first, uh, biology like literally introductory biology courses like 1a03 at mcmaster yeah i got like a like a 90 something on the first test in the first midterm and i have i had all those tests in a folder and i remember um i was cleaning out my room before leaving and i saw it and i i got like emotional about it you know because mm -hmm. i'm like man that you know two three years ago getting an a in a in a very you know Rudiment, like easy course was, was everything to me because I meant like this is me standing up for me you know I'm, I'm going to try my hardest and mm -hmm. yeah having the the acceptance letter is huge because it's like it's validating you you did you did this you you got here and you deserve this um there's so many forces at work to make you think otherwise or to feed that saboteur to to, mm -hmm. to, to make you think hey you're you're you, you got here by a fluke, you got here by whatever. It's like you're, you're here and you deserve to be here. And it's, it's amazing that you're here. And really, we're lucky to have the uh, diversity that we do. Mm. Like I love hearing, I just love hearing all the different ways people get in, all the mm. life stories that they have. It's like, um, it's so fascinating that in the same class you have very young students who are brilliant, gifted, like just academically amazing. And then you have people who, um, who are you know well into their thirties and forties who have families and we could we could all be in the same room learning the same things but giving different perspectives. Mm -hmm. It's a yeah, that's amazing. Like almost the whole idea that like medicine needs you, like you're you're bringing something that, that you you deserve compassion for yourself. And like medicine require like medicine isn't working without your perspective. So mm -hmm. bring it like bring that perspective. Use your voice. Like it's needed. Thanks for taking the time to listen. And if you have any comments, concerns, or suggestions, uh, please feel free to message either one of us or email us at clerkshippodcast at gmail.com.